Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, great to be back with you. Beautiful weekend here in Denver, Colorado. I love this time of year. Everything's great. But it's election season. You're going to have a ballot in the mail here before you know it. And you're going to have two statewide questions on there. Proposition II, Proposition HH. The Centennial Institute officially against both of them. You can get our ballot guide coming out here soon. It's helpful uh, to guide you. We were against Gallagher a few years ago, the repeal of the Gallagher Amendment, um, because we knew that it was going to uh, especially mess with property taxes for residential homes and drive those up. And lo and behold, look where we are. And Tom Tom Copeland joining us in the studio, Director of Research. You know what would be fun is to go... Uh, lay out how Colorado would look if they just people just listened to the Centennial Institute. <laughs> That's right. You, know, you and that skyrocketing property tax issues. Uh, marijuana want to be uh, uh, driving uh, so much of what's happening in the state with regards to crime and drug issues and all that stuff. So if only, if only, but that would be a fun little project. Well, joining us on the radio today is Chris Brown. He's the vice president of policy and research with the Common Sense Institute. And guys, you got to go check out Common Sense Institute. Their website's commonsenseinstituteco, as in Colorado.org, commonsenseinstituteco.org. I mean, all these white papers, they're producing all this. Uh, Kristen Strom, their, their CEO, great friend, very talented. She's built a wonderful team that's really diving into the implications of policy decisions. So, okay, we passed this. What is happened? Uh, why do we have the crime challenges we're facing in this state? Uh, how about the energy sector and what's happening in this state and the research that's going into there? Um, so they're a great partner think tank with the Centennial Institute. We're grateful for all their work. And leading the policy and research is Chris Brown. They have a, an important study out on Proposition HH. And Chris, in the last segment, we right at the very end there, we were getting into Gallagher. So why we're in this problem? Is not just happenstance. It's not just we all of a sudden everyone's property taxes went up. So we're in this because of Gallagher, and we cut you off because of the commercial break. Please continue with your thought there. No, no, that's quite all right, and you're you're spot on. I mean, I think our our motto, which I'm sure many share, is really, you know policy matters, and it has the re- changing policy of this magnitude, it will have lasting and long-term implications. But again, really is the core, understanding that and communicating that and educating Coloradans is at the core of our mission and our work, uh, as I know is yours. And, and looking back to the question of repealing the Gallagher Amendment without a, something else to replace it, Again, I think you could draw a direct line very clearly to the problem we face and the challenge we face uh, leading to Proposition HH. So, again, don't need to fully rewind, but voters did repeal the Gallagher Amendment, which had been in place for several decades. And the now long-term solution seemingly being put forward to voters is Proposition HH, which has, again, as we kind of discussed, limited potential property tax relief with the prospect of significant increase in state taxes. So uh, over the first decade, 
of Proposition HH through 2032, voters face an increase in state taxes through a reduction of their Tabor refunds of $5,119. And that is something that I think voters should be directly weighing and considering in relation to the potential for limited relief on their property tax bill. Chris, this is Tom. There's something curious to me about the timing of all this. It was just about exactly a year ago that everybody in Colorado got a nice little check signed by the governor of Tabor money. Um, Colorado cash back. And we were supposed to remember that come election time. This year, we're supposed to forget about our Tabor payments (laughs) and focus on property tax, which they just happened to do all the reassessments. uh, So everybody just got smacked in the jaw with a, uh, you know, as you mentioned, anywhere from 30 to 60% property tax increases. Um, maybe it's just a coincidence, but whether it is or isn't, I don't know, maybe you can comment on the, the timing of all this, but also who's driving this? Who is really yes. driving Proposition HH? Who are the folks who are trying to get this passed? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. Good questions. I guess on your first point and your first question around the question of refunds, I, I think, you know, the, the challenge here is that the way in which HH would increase state taxes, it does so incrementally in a way that grows over time. So the fiscal note, the the official analysis attached to the measure looks out two years. That's the requirement from the Legislative Council staff that evaluates legislation. And and within that two-year window, the next two years, we see very limited, I'll say limited reductions in, in table refunds as a result of the, the nature of how they're keeping table refunds. By, by adding an additional 1%, by growing the state spending limit by 25%, that has a compounding effect. And so voters may look at the official analysis, look at the Blue Book analysis. This is no knock on legislative council staff, but it's just the nature of the way that they have to do the evaluation shows more limited reductions in Tabor refunds compared to your property tax relief. And what we are trying to convey is, look, this will be in place for at least 10 years. Over that time, that 1% additional growth allowance for state spending compounds leading to this 5,119 reduction for the average taxpayer under uniform refunds for the average household. That's two filers, that's joint filers. And so it's really like looking out over time is really critical. So um, I, I think voters are in tune and understand how table refunds work, certainly because of the Colorado cash back measure, but may not see this immediate hit when they look at the Blue Book analysis in the first year or the second year, which is why it's critical to look to look over time. Um, so happy to kind of parse that out. But your second question on, on really who benefits from this, I think the question, if you're listening, maybe you've done the research on this already, but what is that money used for that they are retaining in increased state taxes? Where does that money go? Now, to some degree, there is uh, 
a limited amount, and we go through in depth why we feel it's a very limited amount that will be needed for the purpose of, quote-unquote, backfilling local government for slowdowns in revenue growth. But the majority of the money, we estimate more than 90% of the more than $9.9 billion retained over the next 10 years will go to education. It's, it's dedicated to go to the state education fund to be used for the purpose of education. So in many ways, the, 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 the purpose of this measure could, could be argued to be more about education spending and than it is about property tax relief. Well, let me ask you a follow-up question about that. I'm looking at the National Assessment of Education Progress, the nation's report card, the NAEP, which measures the progress that school students are making nationwide. And if you look at the numbers for Colorado and their trends, we're pretty much flat. There's a little bit of a decrease thanks to COVID, which is no surprise So in math, reading, science, and so on. But Colorado is pretty flat. No, we're pretty average nationwide, but we're pretty flat. And yet, if you look in your, in your uh, Proposition HH report, we're spending 47% more now per student than we did just about 15 years ago. So where, where is the money going? If this is supposed to fund, you know, un, quote, underfunded Colorado uh, public schools or the school system, where's the money going? Because the teachers aren't getting it. They're not getting b- big bumps in their teacher salary. But the funding per student has gone up almost 50%, and we're getting flat results. Well, on top of it, just you know, the legislature just increased per pupil funding by another $1,000 per student just mm-hmm. in the latest budget. It's projected to increase again next year under current revenue stream going to the state general fund, going to state education fund. So that's, a, that's more than 10% increase on a per pupil basis just in the last budget. So there's already more money going. Uh, you know, the stat you cited is, is, is a phenomenal one. We, we put out a really fun report called Dollars and Data that looks at the history of K-12 spending, revenue in, dollars out, and looks at the trends over time. And we're, we are probably a few weeks away from releasing an update to that as we get new, new annual school data right at the start of the school year. But the stat you cited, I think, really highlights the structural challenges in the way education dollars are, get, are being spent, not going to the classroom, having limited impact on student outcomes. 47% increase in spending in education, 27% increase in the average teacher salary, nearly half. <laughs> uh, and so, or, or half, half of, the, uh, half of the increase in total spending has reflected an increase in the average teacher pay. So the money is, is not fundamentally going, I think, where most people want it and expect it to go in aggregate across the system. Now, some school districts, and we highlight this in our report, are able to do that. And, and there's a lot of decisions that administrations have, school districts have, to, 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 to actually achieve the, the sort of outcomes people want. But overall, the system is not working, and just more dollars alone probably won't resolve that. Talking to Chris Brown, Vice President of Public Policy and Research at the Common Sense Institute here in Colorado. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back. It's all Proposition HH. Today, it's going to be on your ballot. you got to know the details. Stick around. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour.